Hello, I am your host, Tabari McCoy, and welcome to A Tight 45. A Tight 45 is brought to you by Everybody's Records, located at 6106 Montgomery Road in the Pleasant Ridge neighborhood of Cincinnati, Ohio. Everybody's Records has been independently slinging music for 42 years. Swing in and dive into a deep catalog of music, including vinyl, or bring in your own CDs or LPs for cash or trade. Listening in from out of town? Be sure to check out their website at www.everybodysrecords.com. gentlemen and welcome to this episode of a tight 45 sorry that we were not able and by we i mean me but i'm trying to act like there's like a production team but sorry that we were not able to get last week's episode out on time sometimes it just doesn't go the way you would hope and that is what happened but this week we are back and i have a great guest comedian fellow podcaster, actor, and uh, funny individual all around, Mr. Giannis Pappas will be joining me on this particular episode. And uh, sometimes I don't have a lot going on, but this week I got a lot going on because by the time that you hear this, unless you are up at three in the morning, East Coast or midnight Pacific, by the time you most likely hear this, I will be on an airplane heading to Washington State again, God willing, uh, to go do my shows at the, well, let's see, uh, where am I going to be this week? Well, Wednesday, uh, I will be in Tacoma, Washington, because that is the first place that I'm going to be telling jokes. And where will I be telling jokes in Tacoma, you might ask? Well, if you haven't gone, and you really should, because I pay for the website, but if you haven't gone to TabariMcCoy.com, I will be headlining the Airport Tavern in Tacoma, Washington. Then on Thursday, I'm popping in to Laughs Comedy Club for their Seattle's Best Showcase. On Thursday, October 14th, on Friday and Saturday, in Richland, Washington, about three hours east of Seattle, about two hours away from Spokane. And if you live in Richland, you don't have to like leave your town because that's where I'm going to be at. I'm going to be at Joker's Comedy Club at Atomic Bowl, headlining once again. I was there in 2019 and had a ball. Uh, there's going to be one show each night, uh, 7.30 each night make sure that you come on out and have fun and then on sunday i was going to be there for three shows but things changed so now i will be at the tacoma comedy club at 2 yes 2 p.m on sunday october 17th for the boozy brunch comedy show now i myself don't drink but you go ahead have fun. Get your liquor in you. You'll be quite happy. Make sure that you come on out to enjoy those shows. I am happy to be heading back to Washington State. I had a great time. 
when I was there in 2019. I got to go see the Mariners. The Mariners did not this year. They almost made the playoffs, just like my hometown Reds. And trust and believe, I was ready. Oh, was I ready. I was so, so ready. I was ready to go get my playoff tickets and lose all the money that I'm going to make in Washington State to watch the Mariners had they made it. But God was like, Negro, you just are going to get the paycheck. You can't spend what you're going to make before you leave the state. So I was like, all right, then maybe next year. Y'all got the All-Star game coming in 2023, which gives me a little bit of time to try to figure out how in the world I can make that happen because I know I don't know, but if I can, I will. I have also determined that I want to try to go to San Diego and I want to try and do that some point in time before I get too old to enjoy it. And, you know, you, you've seen people like trying to live out something that they should have done like 20 years ago or whatever. I ain't trying to do that. I ain't going out like that. So I'm trying to find a way to make that work. So if I can make it happen, Captain, I will. Uh, so let's see. Uh, what else is going on? Well, baseball playoffs are underway. As I mentioned, none of my teams are in it this year. And there's a lot of the same teams. And, you know, it's like, hey, all the teams with a lot of big money and the Tampa Bay Rays is like big money and the Rays. And you know what? I'm going with the Rays. That's right. They are always in it. They got to win one of these times. Like the Tampa Bay Rays are getting like the Buffalo Bills back in the early 90s where they kept making the playoffs, but they just could not win the title. And, you know, I don't want to see that. I would like to root for the Houston Astros. They got Dusty Baker, but, you know, I'm one of them dudes that wouldn't let the steroid dudes in the Hall of Fame if I had a vote, like somebody cared about my opinion, which yes i know nobody does uh but i you know i i i can't go with houston man i just i can't do it so go tampa bay uh tampa bay if y'all got that of course y'all just had uh the buccaneers earlier this year uh you've had the tampa bay lightning before so it would i guess it would complete the trifecta uh, and then I guess all the old people in Florida can act like they're in the movie Cocoon and then they can start dancing in the streets. Uh, but then again, if the Tampa Bay Rays win the World Series, that means there might be another terrible Pitbull song or at least DJ Khaled will jump from Miami to maybe Tampa Bay. I don't know if I'm prepared for that outcome. So maybe I maybe I need to switch gears on that one. I, I, I don't know. Uh you know, I, I, I'm just trying to get through my day. I tell you this much. People keep talking about Dave Chappelle special online among comedians. And you know what I got to say about it? Nothing. Dave don't care about my opinion. Uh, there's a lot of hot takes going on with that one. I'll say this. He's a bold dude who wants to talk about a lot of different things that other people will not. And there's no, I, I, that's one of those situations with what, you know, some stuff on that special where I'm like, I can admire you for wanting to quote unquote go there, but I ain't going with it. Because seriously, like I've talked about it before. It's too many things. It's too hot out here in these streets. And I ain't going to mess with it. It's just not worth it. But that's the thing, you know, being a comic is that you have to determine what is worth to you to talk about. And you have to talk about things that are true to you because a lot of people don't do that. They just go on stage and talk about whatever. And, you know, people can tell when you being authentic and when you're not authentic, you're cheating the crowd, you're cheating yourself and it's not going to shine through. Uh, but then again, 
what do I know? There are plenty of people in this world who have been trying to fake it and then they made it and they still faking it. I don't know. All I know right now is that I just got the urge to sneeze and I'm not trying to sneeze into my own podcast mic and had to re-record this. So I'm trying to chill out on that right now. My Bengals today, I'm recording this on a Sunday, lost another. I, boy, look, I, that Packers game, look, I, mm, I, ain't got, I don't even have the words for it right now. I don't even have words right now. <sighs> they are better than they've been in quite some time. But if I didn't have the most cynical, jaded view as a fan from years and years and years of sadness, today would have probably been a soul crusher. But it was entertaining. They trying. Joe Burrow is doing his best to lead that team to a new land. I'm not even going to say a promised land. Uh, You know, I I don't know what turn you put in at this point, like a promise ring, maybe. That'd be nice promise ring that we gonna keep trying to get a super bowl ring i i don't know uh it's just nice to go to games and feel like they might be in it to win it all the way uh one day that day will come i mean the cubs won a world series you know red Sox have won some world series one day one day my Bengals will go to a Super Bowl and they will come out on top. And then Jesus probably comes back to earth because that can't be the apocalypse. I don't know what could be, but all right, on that note, coming up after the musical break, enjoy my interview. I don't even know. I can't even call it an interview. This is a straight up conversation between two comedians. I don't even know what I'm going to put on the podcast description for this one. We just talked about a lot of stuff. So coming up after the break, me and the one and only Mr. Giannis Papas on this episode of Tight. Not real. It's long. 45. all over i mean he's been on tv because he's had his own comedy central special among other hosting duties he has a special right now on his website that you can download for free 99 and it's a good special i'm surprised he didn't charge at least 12.99 if he was a black comic he'd probably be charging 20 dollars for a dvd with no cover he's also of course a man who you can hear all over the internet because he has several podcasts several podcasts so i'm not even gonna try and go through the litany of them all although i will say he has long days and i can't say the rest because it would blow his name and he's also yeah y'all see 
He already yeah. said it. I was gonna see. I was getting ready to say like he's the only other Giannis I know that isn't a six foot eight, eleven inch dude whose penis has been in my face when I was trying to ask him for an autograph because I'm five foot seven and Giannis Antetokounmpo is too tall. So I was so happy that he signed my autograph. But let's just say I know why they call the man the Greek freak, and it ain't got nothing to do with basketball. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. Giannis Papas is on the podcast today. How are you today, sir? Good, brother. Good to see you again. Yeah, I mean, your yes. height for yeah for a basketball player, you're about dick level. Yeah, yeah. It's it wasn't exactly the greatest. Uh, I have interviewed many professional athletes in my day, and um, I have a joke that's in development about the greatest athlete I ever got to be around, and he wasn't uh, an illustrious athlete career wise, stats wise. But there's a man named Damon Griffin, who when I am in the year 2000, when I interned with the Cincinnati Bengals, Damon Griffin was a wide receiver. That was also like a kick returner, you know, not the greatest stats in the world made it to the NFL, something that I couldn't do. Uh, but I remember I was in the locker room one day post game and we're in there, you know, getting quotes and reporters are walking around. And I remember I said, somebody left a tripod over near the shower. And then I said, wait a minute, that tripod has knees. And that's all I'm going to say about that. And I've never forgotten it. It's 21 years later. Damon Griffin, yeah. I don't know where the man is now. I know he's on LinkedIn, but it's not like I'm going to log in and be like, hey, Damon, how's your penis? Like, I mean, <laughs> that's going to be a, I mean, you know, that's that's just a weird opening. Uh, this is a weird opening, but in any case. So, I yeah. thought it was great. Yeah, I thought it was great. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, true. Yeah, it's true. I mean, when you're, if you're that tall, you better have a dick that's proportionate to your height. Otherwise, it. It, it accentuates like in other words like if a, if a six foot 11 guy has a normal dick it's gonna look small you know what right I mean? so it's like it, it's got to be proportioned you would yes. think they'd all look proportioned but god has a sense of humor you know like whatever well, talent you have there's always some opposite yes. problem you have. well here's the funny part is that damon griffin i think was listed at five eight so uh, it's like God was like, you may not have the best football career, uh, <laughs> but you're gonna, you're not gonna have any suffering days. Uh, I'll put you that way. Uh, yeah. So yeah. So uh, on the show, got Giannis here. Uh, Giannis We're here to talk about dicks. Yes. We're here to talk about dicks. <laughs> uh, see, this is what we both get for watching the new Dave Chappelle special. I was gonna talk about how we work together at. Uh, shout out once again to the Sandman Comedy Club in Richmond, Virginia. Uh, very lovely venue. I hope people go support it. Um, I had a great time. Uh, I think you did as well. I don't know. Um, you know, our, our MC, uh, he was hanging in there for the weekend. Um, you know, it, it, and you know, when you're a new comic, there's nothing worse than like meeting someone that you're a really big fan of and then having maybe a rough set, shall we say. Because I know that I've had some rough sets in my day. Uh, I had one at my home comedy club this past week. And here's how you know your set is okay, but it's not what you want. Everyone was like, no, I thought it was good. Right. No one right. has ever said that to somebody when they actually thought it was good for the most part. Now, there's always a couple people who are like, yeah, you know, I thought it was good. Uh, when other comics tell you, no, I thought it was good. What they're leaving out is the line from Coming to America, good and terrible. Like, yeah, mm -hmm, <laughs> no. Yeah, but, uh, another one always is like, man, that crowd sucked. That crowd was like, <laughs> you're like, yeah, I, yeah, that's a nice way of saying, yeah, I didn't do well. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although, you know what? Being as deep into the game as I am now, I'm going to say it. Sometimes audiences, y'all do suck. Sometimes y'all suck. Because it's that late. Uh, everybody knows the old thing. I'm, and I'm sitting here making my microphone spike because I'm yelling too much. You would have thought I just had like a Mountain Dew or something or Flaming Hot Cheetos, which is a whole nother problem. Because now they have, I saw they have Flaming Hot Cheetos mac and cheese. We'll come yeah. back to that topic of diabetes in a minute. But uh, you know, sometimes I've seen like those late show crowds because the old joke is like Steve Martin quit doing stand up because of the Friday night late show. And sometimes you see those crowds where it's like, okay, you paid money, hopefully, but you paid money, you drove to the venue on purpose, you picked out an outfit. Sometimes it's a win, sometimes it's just like, hey, everybody's got to go to Ross or TJ Maxx every once in a while. And you sat there and you're like, okay, we're going to go to the comedy club. And then they literally come out to not have a good time. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The only yeah. thing is, as a comic, you can't, you can never go into it. Right. Thinking it's a bad time, uh, a bad crowd or during the set, you can't just go. It's a bad crowd. So, you know, it's just that's what makes being a comic such an underappreciated job. It's like even when they suck, it's still our fault. You know, yes. it's like, that's just how it is. Yeah. You know what it's like? It's like being it's like being the head coach of a bad football team. It's like your team has picked in the top five the last three seasons, but it's the coach's fault. I'm like, your your backup quarterback was bagging groceries a la Kurt Warner style. And guess what? You know why we know who Kurt Warner is? Because he's the only former grocery worker that was good. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Well, you know Johnny I mean? Starks. John Starks, too, in basketball. Well, we got one per sport. We need to find. One per so, sport, yeah. so that means somewhere right now, somewhere, the Cincinnati Reds or the Chicago Cubs or my Seattle Mariners, you need to go hit up your local Publix or Kroger's or whatever the Wegmans, whatever the chain is. Find that dude, sign him so we can get a nice 300 hitter that'll get some RBIs. That's right. It's one per sport. Yeah. Baseball, I can't. Yeah. I'm sure there's been somebody who bagged groceries and then made it. I mean, you know, a lot of those guys when they're in the minors, sometimes they have to have another job. Yes. I know. I saw Bull Durham as a kid because, you know, back in the 80s, parents were like, ah, he'll be fine. You can watch yeah. any inappropriate movie you wanted to watch. I saw Eddie Murphy Raw in the theater with my mom at 12. I don't have any issues. Um, but <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Like, parents now will go take kids to see kids' movies. When I was a kid, I remember my parents taking me to Jagged Edge, which was like a horror movie. I couldn't sleep for four years. Mm. I remember them taking me to see Eddie Murphy Raw. Uh, Reds, which is about a movie about communists. Yep. I didn't even understand what was going on. I was like four years old sitting there just yep. disrupting everybody because I was <laughs> bored out of my mind. They didn't even really have kids' movies back then. It was like Star Wars and that was it. I mean, they didn't have what they do now because like they were like kids don't have money, but they're but you know, now you know, with the DVDs and streaming and everything else, it's like here for the love of everything sacred, watch Coco. Although yeah. I like if people think about it, most kids' movies are not for children because i have joked about it before on stage not as successfully as i like that's a joke in progress as anybody that's seen like my, my last five sets but it's one of those things like disney and pixar are not happy unless a parent dies every disney and pixar flick up carl's wife dies that's the i've said it if you want to see somebody's a serial killer have them watch the first 10 minutes of up because if they don't at least get emotional i'll be like they did it but like up 
Coco's about death. Soul's about death. Inside Out is about feeling like an awkward teenager. Toy Story is like the only one that's cool. And then they almost do half of them in the fire. I'm like, am I reading the Bible right now when they were, you know, persecuting, you know, persecuting Jewish people? Like, what is happening? Like, right. I don't know what's going on at Disney Pixar, but people are like, oh, it's so happy. I'm like, I don't know what you're watching. See, I haven't gotten to that level yet. My daughter is only, she's turning one next week. So she's still on that Coco Melon. Now we just introduced, uh, Coco Melon is, is number one. That's like okay. her crack. And All then right. we just, uh, the, the squid ones or whatever those other ones were, the, oh. some other one, the dancing mm. something. Okay. Well, see, yeah. you know what, you know what safe is sing? Sing is safe because all sing is is like you know American Idol for kids, but with animals. That one's pretty safe. Right. Okay, you know, that that's like that one's pretty much safe. But like I like Disney, Pixar, y'all make some dope movies. But you either got to bring a tissue or you got to bring an attorney because if somebody's, I'm telling you, if someone is not crying at a Pixar movie, their their soul may be in question. I'm just gonna throw that out there. Like, well, didn't it start with the Lion King? Right? Doesn't sympathize or no, something? No, it even goes back. It. It goes back further than that, because, I mean, yeah. you think about, like, Cinderella. She's got the evil stepsisters. Bambi, his mom gets gadded like a drive-by shooting. Like, I mean, you know, that was like an NWA record, except animated. Uh, like, all of Disney's stuff for the longest time has been like, hey, kids, when you become an adult, everything is miserable. So get used to it now and give us $12.99 to watch it. Right. You know, well, you know, you know what's funny about kids' movies is, if you know as much about kids' movies as you do, you better have kids. Because yeah, I don't. Oh, you don't have kids? Oh, man. Nope. I may put you on a pedophile watch list. See, it sounds like here's the thing. To, I used to, to do film to, reviews. This sounds like you try to research a lot of converse start, uh, conversation starters. You see, I, hey, I, I used to do film reviews before the world decided to go to hell, uh, back when we could go to theaters and it was all nice and you wouldn't, you wouldn't hear somebody clear their throat and be like, oh, they got it, you know, but so, but now, you know, but you know this, on the road, you start killing time, you try to find ways, you know, um, and so I'll go to movies by myself now, and here's what I've come to realize. It's not creepy to go to a movie by yourself unless you go to a comedy and you're sitting in there laughing like, uh, what was it, Robert De Niro and Cape Fear in the remake, <laughs> sitting there pulling a Max Katie, just laughing all crazy. That is when you look like a psychopath. Like I saw Ryan Reynolds' free guy because all my <laughs> friends are married or busy, so I had to go by myself. And I was like, okay, this is cool, but there was one dude in there. There was one dude in there. I was like, if anything happens, where exits are to my left, and I was like, because he was cackling a bit too much. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, I might see, I've been, if I go to a movie theater with my daughter and I see just a single dude in there, I may get a little suspicious. I'd be like, what's this dude doing in there? He's got no kid. When you go to a kid's movie, you have to be with a kid. Yeah. Unless you're writing movie reviews. Right. Although I will tell you, there was some you movie. Wait. When you do that, you should wear a sweater that says, I am writing movie reviews. Don't worry. I'm not checking out your kid. Yeah, I, I have done jokes about how after like 21, there's certain things as a man you can't do by yourself. Cause like I had friends of mine, I did shows in Indianapolis recently. And the first time I got booked in Indy, one of my friends was like, you should go to the zoo. And I'm like, to do what? Wait for Chris Hansen? I'm like, you cannot right, do right. that. I cannot no, go can't. to a zoo. I can't be sitting there like, I'm a really big fan of rhinoceroses. Like nobody's yeah. going to believe that. No. And yeah, I'm a and black you know dude. I'm a look extra suspect. I mean, yeah, exactly. You know, there's a lot of things you can't do just as a dude. Even if a yes. guy shows up to a comedy club by himself, 
you think there's going to be like an active shooter situation. Women can, yeah. yeah, it's just a guy by himself is always suspect. Like, how come this guy doesn't have any friends? Yep. It, it, but although, you know, like, at least I can hang with the comics in the back of, of my home club. But, you know, you said, a, and we had another active shooter situation today. By the way, for anybody listening, sometimes I have these things where, you know, I ask like these really structured questions. Nope, this is going to be, it. it's just going to be word vomit from start to finish. So buckle up. Uh, but we had another like shooting situation today. And I was curious as a parent now, do you, and as, you know, and as a performer, do you get worried sometimes about like hitting the road, traveling? Like, well, you know, uh, I hope I come back because it's just, I mean, I don't want to be like doing the stereotypical black comic. Everybody's crazy, but it really feels like people should not have stayed at home for a year and a half. It's really crazy to have a kid in this era and have to worry about those things. It, the things you used to worry about used to be real simple, you know, yes. you know, adults talking to your kids, who are they, um, them, them hurting their knee. And that's about it. Them falling. Now you got to worry about school. Shoot, they're going to get shot at school. You got to get worried about, you know, if they misgender someone wrong and they get kicked out of school. You got to, I mean, there's a whole litany of like adult things you, you have to worry about for your kid. It's just, it's crazy. It's yeah. like, a, I don't know. I don't even know how to prepare myself. I may just have my kid wear like a bulletproof vest to school every day. I mean, they can, if that doesn't work, they can at least get a job working for Naughty by Nature. So, yeah, I mean, at least there's that. But, I mean, we're going to start seeing kids stress drinking juice boxes. Kids going to come home from school like, look, I, I just need my Play-Doh. I need five minutes in my Play-Doh. Can I just have five minutes? Yeah. Who used to wear it? Was that Tretch or was that the other dude? Oh, that was definitely true. See, and that you know what's Tretch. funny? You just said that like uh, every rap group in the 90s, there was always like the one dude who you knew was like the leader. And then uh -huh. like, because like you said, oh, the other dude, it's Vin yeah. Rock. Like every, uh -huh. that's why you know who the most successful sidekick of all time is has got Flavor to be Flav. no spliff star from buster rhymes homie because if you think about it flavor Flav, he got his own reality show spinoff he made like one or two singles but spliff star never had a single spliff star never even had a mixtape spliff star has stayed in his lane for two decades plus the man barely talks he'll just be up there on stage give me some more like he knows his role like like spliff is good you know although i'm happy that you know you didn't know his name did you i didn't even know he existed yeah i mean after leaders of the new school i thought buster was just solo i didn't even know he had a hype man oh yeah because he got flip mode with rod digger and lord have mercy who had the dopest rap name and the dopest voice ever and i think my man got one single and then like i think him and buster had a falling out because that's the other thing too like if you were in a rap crew in the 90s it was like okay this dude's gonna break out this dude might become a producer and then the other dude you're just gonna see him doing interviews on youtube like yeah i told him when we was in sacramento that i was gonna lead the group like you shouldn't have like you yeah. shouldn't have that's right, why you right. on youtube and that's why they had bad valleys like it's a different situation but you know i think money ruined rap a little bit because i feel like yes. rap was better back then and yes, i feel it like was. a lot of guys started because it used to be when i was growing up you'd have like backup dancers you'd have a dj yes. maybe a hype man and it was it was more of a show and there was yeah. more of an art to it there was scratching there was there was dancing like synchronized like hip-hop dancing like break dancing yes and then guys were probably like, yo, man, I'm sick of cutting this check five ways. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I mean, everybody at least had a purpose. Although, you know what's funny? It was making the rounds again, I saw. Did you know that Vin Diesel apparently was on an instructional 
breakdance videotape. I did not know that. No. Yes. Yes. See, these are the random useless facts that I am full of. Hey, Dabari, who's the governor of your state? Uh, the white guy? Lucky guess. But did you know that Vin Diesel was a black dancer? Oh, of course I did. Just yeah. Just random so facts. So he was teaching breakdancing? So there's like a clip that somebody had posted and apparently it like makes the rounds every like once in a while. And if you Google, like, I think it's if you Google Vin Diesel breakdancing, it's like a clip and he's got like a full head of hair. Uh, he's got like, and he's got a classic 80s outfit, blue yeah. headband, wind breaking yeah. jacket. And it's just like, and it comes up like every few years. Like, apparently it started in 2015. Uh you know, like, I don't know if I'm ever going to get a chance to get Vin Diesel on the podcast, but trust and believe that there will be questions about him breakdancing. Yeah, well, you, the, the Fast and the Furious franchise, I think, may be over, and that's about all he's got, so you may be yeah. able to get something. Well, you, well, he's also got that Marvel money, although to this day, I oh, cannot yeah. believe that Marvel was like, we need a guy that can literally say one word over and over, and someone was like, <laughs> I know exactly who we need. Get Vin on the phone. I mean, yeah. that's one of yeah. those things that almost makes me mad because I'm like, as much money as they probably had to pay him, wasn't there some intern that you could have just been like, say this line, I am Groot? Okay, say it more quizzical. I am Groot? Like, all right, and cut print, here's $50. Like, they could have gave that dude like $1,000, like a lifetime supply of red carpet premieres and a chance to like hug Scarlett Johansson and he'd have been fine. Yeah, I mean, definitely. When you watch it, Fast and the Furious, you can tell nobody in that movie had an acting coach. You don't need one. <laughs> <laughs> well, what kills me is like there's movie. They're like that franchise has seriously saved like ten careers because you know Tyrese, like except for like women that want to stare at his abs, like his acting career ain't really taken off. I remember there was a girl I knew who was working for a movie promo studio, and she said she was she was out in L.A. and she's like. Yeah, um, you know, I met with Tyrese and people. They said they're trying to find him like an Academy Award winning script. And I felt like going to do what with? Cause right. <laughs> he ain't gonna be in it. Like right. you know, you know what's funny? All I need is for like one celebrity to hear any of the trash that I have talked on this podcast, and I will go and my downloads will increase overnight, and then I'll be on <laughs> CNN with Jake Tapper trying to defend my career the way that every other comedian seems to have to do it these days, you know? And I was curious, because you're a very outspoken dude. See, hey, folks, real question. Uh, you know, you speak your mind a lot on stage, and, you know, you try to talk, you know, about a lot of different issues, as well as, like, your personal life and things of that nature, and you're in the hotbed of it in New York. Uh, you know, is it one of those things where when you go on stage now, do you go, I hope that they listen to the whole joke, or do you just go in and say, well, I'm going to say this, and whatever happens, happens. You know you know what it is. You're a comic. The funny thing is, is like, that cancel cultural stuff, it doesn't even really exist in live performance. You don't even really feel it. You know, it's like, jokes work or they don't. You get them to work or they don't. Um, once in a while, you get, may get an ooh and ah, but like, rarely, you know, it usually happens on the internet. It's a very internet-based phenomenon. You know, it's like, people read your tweet, there's no context to it. They can't hear your voice. They don't know you. They haven't got a feel for you. It's very impersonal. It's very like uh, AI-like. That's why I think online, everyone kind of acts like artificial intelligence. They just read the word and they go, that's what AI does. They see a word and they go, that's a bad word. Got to flag it. You're like, wait, like recently I put up a sketch called the armless Nazi about 
a Nazi trying to hail, but he couldn't do the hail because he didn't have any arms. They got blown off. So he's just, oh, no. He's just pushing his nub out, you know? Oh. And it's a comedy. But because the word Nazi was in the title, like, it got flagged, it got demonetized. And that's how that's how people act now. They act like AI. And I understand why. It's because, like, everyone's on the internet so much, they're being conditioned by algorithms and and artificial intelligence. So, yeah, that, that that's why people are acting. I think cancel culture has a lot to do with us just imitating artificial intelligence. Because hmm, artificial intelligence is a human. It can't sit there and be like, oh, he was being sarcastic, and I get it. They just say, they just hear a word, and they go like, yeah, boom. Yeah, well, I understand, because one thing I learned a long time ago is that everybody in an audience has a buzzword, where if they hear it, it takes them to a place that you have no control over because of past experiences, and then you are now thrust into dealing with whatever that experience was when it has possibly and most likely nothing to do with what you're talking about, you know, because I used to hate when I used to hear people use the word wigger, uh, and I don't use the N-word on stage because, first of all, uh, there's like 3,000 Black comics that have like done that to death more than I ever could, and I don't use it as well as they do, uh, but... <laughs> It's one of those things where it's like, you know, everybody has like certain words and, you know, and I was like, because with the, with the word wigger, I was like, okay, you're saying that the worst version of a white person is supposed to be like a black person. And then you're putting that out there. And I said, eh, you know, but and then you would see somebody at like the mall and I'd be like, oh man, I don't want to call you that word, but you are fitting every definition of a stereotypical person that is co-opting. Like there's certain words, like you can just boil that down to one word. It's like, I get why people use the word. Like, I don't like it. Right, I don't use right. it, but you know, words have a lot of power because I've always said that like it wasn't the big like Adolf Hitler was a short dude that wouldn't even get picked up for pickup ball, and he took over a whole country just through words, like you know. He, so he, he sold tickets. That kid moved tickets. He's a headliner. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you watch his speeches, like I don't know what he's saying, but he's into it. Whatever it is, yes. he is passionate about it. Yeah. Yes. If he was a battle rapper, they'd be like, man, Adolf got bars, yo. Like, yeah. I just, you know, because like, but seriously, like watching people speak, and it's funny because like people made fun of George Bush because he didn't always give the best speeches and then Obama would give his speeches. And then we all know what the last dude's speeches was like. I just, I don't even know what type of public speaker I want anymore. Ha having watched like the last four or five, the one thing that was about Clinton, at least Clinton never sounded worried. And, you know, I'm not going to do the stereotypical thing where it sounded like, you know, Bill, people like Bill sounded high. Although I will say this, he did sound relaxed and it, yeah. I, I didn't get stressed listening to Bill. He could have been like, there's a bomb coming, but don't worry. It's only going to hit Arkansas. I'm like, oh, that's where you're from. You're like, yeah. I know, but I got relatives there. I'll be fine. Like, I don't know. It's he just, was always relaxed. Yes. Yeah, his balls were always empty. So he was, he's good. <laughs> <laughs> You know the what opinions it is? expressed like, are those of the guests and the guests alone. No, uh. <laughs> the uh, Obama, he was the best speaker by far, not even close. So I think it's like some of these guys, like like Trump, was kind of he riled up people in his way or whatever. But when you compare anybody to Obama, they're gonna they're gonna seem a lot worse than they are because he was so good. I mean, Obama was. Top. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he had great oratory. Um, yeah, you know what I mean. I, although, you know, who else was an underrated speaker that wasn't a politician? Uh, once again, going back to my football roots, former Bengals head coach Dick LeBeau is one of the best speakers I've ever heard. I don't know if there's any NFL films with John Facenda interviewing Dick. Le 
somebody needs to find a Dick look because Dick Laveau was the nicest man because he took over when I was interning and the former head coach Bruce Coslett Bruce was chain smoking Bruce was he was all fire and vinegar and and Dick Laveau and he'd be like hi Tabar how you doing this morning I'd be like well I'm good now like I was I was a little upset earlier but thanks coach like <laughs> made me feel special he yes. would use words like predicated and like, you know, things are, I was like predicated. You talking about that Schwarzenegger movie? I had to go look that like a good public speaker can do wonders. Like uh, I, I watch a lot of comics who just go on stage and talk at a crowd. You know what I mean? It's like, you can't do that. Like you gotta well, yeah. have some performance. There's some yeah. aspect to it. And I don't know if you could teach that. I think that's kind of the charisma you're born with, you know, like Bill Clinton. I mean, I met Bill Clinton when I was like 21 and I'll tell you, the three people I've met who you just instantly fall in love with, the charisma is just off the charts and you can't even understand why. It's just, you're just, you just stare at them. There's so much charisma is Michael Strahan, mm. uh, Will Smith uh-huh. and, Bill Clint- and Bill Clinton. I met yep. all three of those people and I was just like, they look at you like they know you, like you, you've been friends forever. It's so personal. You get so seduced. I don't know what that is, but I don't know if you could teach that. That's yeah. just innate charisma. Yeah, like I'm a single dude, as anyone who has listened to any of these episodes knows, because uh, I mentioned it like three or four damn times all the time. I can't help it. I talk about what I know, and what I know <laughs> is lonely. Uh, but like, there's like, like you know, women talk about like they want like a, a man with, you know, certain qualities and character. And I'm like, man, you talked about like Michael Strahan, the only dude ever that's made a gap tooth work. Like that's his franchise. Like he can't fix those teeth at this point. He I, don't, I think he did. I, he yeah. did. I don't know but why you, he did that. Yeah. But you know what? Actually, it was a smart because he warmed everybody up to the idea of he's like, hey, everybody, I'm just like you. I got my own flaws and I want to get these fixed. And it was like, oh, it's going to be okay, Michael. And like, yeah. And he came out and now he's, you know, he's making it extra work, you know. But like, you know, people talk about like certain things and whatnot. You can have the nicest dude in the world and you can have a complete jackass. But if that jackass has a good smile and knows how to make you feel at ease, you can lose half of your bank account before you be like, I think he just swindled me. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that, that's like the sociopaths are always the most charming people, you know? Yes. That's why I think people who are dicks, you know, people who are like mean, get a, they get a bad rap. Because a lot of times... <laughs> I appreciate Wait a second. Because- uh, are you getting ready to defend mean people? This is going to yeah, be, here we go. Internet, get internet, get ready for this one. Yeah, because at least you know they're being honest. I don't mind mm. someone who's being mean or, or who's being a dick to you because they're admitting what they feel, who they are. It's all, it's right there. There's no, there's no chicanery. They're not tricking you or trying to seduce you. The, 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 the real mean people, the people who try to hurt you, are the ones who are always wolves in sheep's clothing. They lure yes. you in with that niceness. They yes. seduce you. They say they got a solution to your problem, whatever. Those always turn out to be the worst. I mean, Ted Bundy, you know, he would pretend like he was hurt. He'd go like, oh, I'm hurt. Can you help me put this couch in there? And then yes. boom, your titty's getting bit off. You know what I mean? Because you helped him. So it's like the worst people never announce that they're bad. Oh. They trick you. They pretend that they're good. And then, you know, you're reeled in and then they ruin your entire life. So that's why I think bad people, uh, the stereotypical bad person gets a bad rap. I mean, you, yeah. people, people need to start judging things based on honest and dishonest. Is that person, because when someone's too nice, like I'm a New Yorker, I get skeptical. Right. I'm like, I don't know you. Why are you too nice? What do you want? Because nice people always want something. 
See, it's funny you say that because like I try to go out my way to be nice because I'm always like, please like me. Uh, although there's certain times it's like but when you're too nice to some people and then they make you mad, they don't take you serious until you're like throwing stuff and breaking things. And then they'd be like, I had no idea they had it in. Them. I'm like, aren't they human? Like, what's wrong with you? But right. although I, I although I'm going to say this, New York City, I know it's the home of hip hop. It's got a great sneaker culture. And as anyone can tell you from the size of my shirts, I like me a sandwich or a good slice of pizza every once in a while. I feel like New York City would eat me alive the way that it, like like the Homer Simpson episode where he goes to New York on the Simpsons. I feel like that's best case scenario because I feel like I have a very, like, hey, everyone, how are you? My wallet, of course. Like, I just feel like I'm just going to get shredded. And then, like, you know, New York, com like, I bet, like, the New York comics and the L.A. comics, L.A. comics are thinking about, like, their career and, like, shoots and agents. And they're still trying to be funny and whatnot. New York comics here, like, they don't even hear the, not even they hear the joke. They hear three words, like, so I was at the dry cleaners. Oh, this guy's talking dry cleaners? Really? Like, they just tap out quick because y'all are yeah. savage. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I was watching, uh, uh, you know, we we're talking about rap. And for people to listen to this podcast, if you're looking for me to talk about, like, Travis Tritt, wrong podcast. Mm. But I was watching some of those verses, and they had, like, the Locks versus Jada Kiss. And it was just so much New York slang where I was sitting there. I was like, I, I don't know what these fellows are so angry about, but they really seem to be upset. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I feel like New York is not for, like, not for the weak, but I just feel like I'm not a weak person, but I feel like I just be too, everything's going to work out, right? And then they're like, nah. Like, I'm seeing y'all. Like, I'm not trying to go to this comedy cellar and have Jim Norton and David tell. And I mean, and I, I miss Patrice O'Neill, but if he was alive, there'd be no way in hell I'd be going. I think I got something I can talk shit about with Keith Robinson, but that's all right. That's the only guy I got. It's the only yeah, guy New I got. New Yorkers are very defensive, and that's because the city is so savage and there's so many people trying to take advantage of you and you just get conditioned to just have a sh like a defensive shell up all the time so new york's like that boston's like that boston they're very cutting like if you think about it boston may have the best comics like mm -hmm. you know you think about all the beasts that came out of boston it's like yeah. patrice you got you got burr you got stanhope uh you know you got rogan came out of there you got jay leno you got Richard, uh, Richard Wright, right? Uh, there's so, I mean, the list goes on. Uh, I said his name wrong, Richard Wright. What's his name? Stephen Wright. Stephen Wright. Stephen I was Wright. like, I was like, yeah. is he thinking about Richard Wright. Pryor? I was like, yeah. oh, he's, from, he's from Illinois, but you know what's just, funny? Yeah, no, you, I just watched the Night Stalker documentary. So I just confused <laughs> Richard Ramirez <laughs> and Stephen Wright. Yes, one talks um, very low, the other one kills people very The other one kills night. people, yeah. Uh, it, in but you know what you made me think of? Because people are from the coast come out to the Midwest and like, oh, it's the flyover. So we're talking about how everyone is so nice. You know why I think this is? I just figured this out. It's too much overcrowding. It's too many people in one space. That's why Iowa, I've been to Iowa. Yeah, everyone was just happy to see people. Right, right. Yeah. There's too yeah. many of y'all. And one, that's why like every major Hollywood, like the NBC has that new show, La Brea, that's got like a hidden earth underneath it. The only reason that they set that show in La Brea for a hidden earth underneath, I'm convinced is because they're like, we need more real estate and some space. I can't move. It's true. It, that, it puts you on edge. You're constantly, you know, when you grow up in New York, until you leave New York, you don't realize how abusive it is. It's an abusive relationship. Like, it's almost like you've been kidnapped. We all, if you live in New York and you think it's great, it's because you have Stockholm syndrome. It's almost like you start mm. to identify with your kidnapper. 
you know, and then you leave and you're like, oh my God, I can have a kitchen that's its own room. I don't have to have pay rent with rats. I don't have to look over my shoulder every time I leave the house because I'm scared for my life. I don't have to circle for 45 minutes to find a parking spot. So it really beats you up this city and you don't realize how abusive it is till you leave. Man, yeah, I this saw fucking, that. New York City is Ike Turner. <laughs> <laughs> you just gotta get in there and sing them songs. Uh, yeah. Like when, when I saw that flooding video that y'all had from those most recent torrential downpours and I saw like the rats doing their Michael Phelps impressions swimming around, <laughs> I was like, nah, I'm good. Like I said, unless I see one of them with a, with a, with a couple of turtles and some shells and April O'Neil pop up, I'm good. And if you didn't get that reference, you are probably under 21. Thank you for listening, but that's a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles reference, and you need to go enjoy your childhood because you missed out. You know what I mean? But, you know, there's just so many things. Like, that's how I know I'm getting old. I reminisce about what I used to enjoy. Do you ever have, like, like, had that feeling where you catch yourself, like, reminiscing? Like, they just announced uh, that BET is going to bring back um, Rap City and Video Soul. There are two old music shows like i miss music videos like do you ever catch yourself just like man remember when this used to be around or whatever like i miss stuff you shouldn't miss like i miss arthur treacher like who's that the fast food fish joint because all we got left now is long john silvers and if you find like a really depressed area usually you find a captain d's i'm gonna say this if you see a captain d's there's probably been police tape within the last month somewhere nearby like yeah. Long John Silver's usually at least picks like a good suburb. Captain D's is like, how, what's the median income value? Twenty eight thousand. <laughs> Open up shop. <laughs> yeah, we didn't have any of those in New York. Yeah, none like, of those chains. Y'all yeah. got Nathan's hot dogs, and I know why Joey Chestnut eats those fast because those are not delicious. I am no. talking so much trash about. I'm never gonna get a sponsorship. I got one record store that sponsors me. I can't talk trash about them. They're a great shop, and I can't go to New York because somebody's gonna be like. What do you mean deep dish Chicago pizza is better? And I'd be like, <laughs> I do. I miss rap. I miss, uh, I miss the music videos. Yeah. yeah. That was like, I think, you know, that was like a big mistake that MTV made and like they stopped doing a video, but you know, they know what they're doing. Probably they wasn't making that much money or I don't know, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, those were the best rap city. Um, Yep. 106 the Yo, Park. Oh, Yo MTV yeah. Raps just Yo MTV Raps. Yeah. Like, that was I would late, even late I would even take TRL just to watch Carson Daly have to act like he really cares about these 18-year-olds and he's like, "Who is this?" Really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. And back from commercial break. Hey, we're here with BTS like Yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean that I I miss I, I reminisce about that stuff. I I grew up listening to uh Stretch Armstrong and Bobito. They were like a underground hip-hop show in New York City. And uh, if you were like a rap fan, like that's where you listen late, late Sunday night. And um, there's nothing like that anymore. Yeah. Um, I miss going into like the record store in the mall, like Sam Goody and looking at Camelot music. Like I'm cause singles, not even the cassette tape, but the cause single, because you would always get a great B side. Or there'd be like some song that wasn't on the album and be like, oh, you think you're a big fan of so-and-so? You ever heard this remix or whatever? Like it was perfect. You like color me bad would have never blown up without the videos. They look That's like true. A, they That's look true. like the dudes that would work at like a merry-go-round at the mall or something. And you know, you would you'd have like, and that was a good thing for like the black movie renaissance of the 90s. It was like, okay, the movie's gonna be good. 
don't go too late at night. You can avoid a shooting. Who's on the soundtrack? And that would be like the best thing ever. And that's all gone now because digital downloads just doesn't feel the same. You know, growing up in New York City, too, I grew up in Brooklyn. And um, it, you, you grow up different from everyone in the country back mm. then because we didn't have malls. Like, I didn't go to malls. Like, we just didn't have malls. You go outside and there's just stores everywhere. It's so like the city's a mall. There was no malls. There was not a lot of chains. Um, you know, everything was sort of mom and pop. Like, uh, and even still, there's not like, you know, there's no chains, really. You see an occasional Subway and Starbucks, right. obviously. But, and of course, there's Burger King's, McDonald's and stuff like that. But I know where like, the rest of the country you grow up like there's red lobster there's all these chains that you go to applebee's like we had like one applebee's in the entire new york city and that's not wow. i'm not even joking there's like one there was like one applebee's i think it was in times square and then there, another one came down in, in downtown brooklyn there was no red lobsters i don't remember seeing red lobster anywhere well that's like, because y'all next to the coast y'all would have been like that ain't no real lobster y'all have been in there like trying to slap people Exactly. It'd be, like they'd be like a we, TikTok red lobster <laughs> challenge now or something. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even learn how to drive till I was in my 20s. So it's like that's a very New York thing. A lot of people don't learn how to drive. Like it's almost a disadvantage to have a car in New York City. Right. Because, I've heard that because of all yeah, the traffic. All the traffic and the train is so efficient that it takes you wherever you need to go. So it's just a different way to grow up. It, it's wild, like to know how different. It is from everywhere else because everywhere else is kind of more the same chains, uh, malls, cars, shit like that. But New York is New York is everyone's on foot. Everyone's yeah. on foot. That's if why y'all angry all the time because y'all walking everywhere. Your feet hurt. Our feet hurt. That's what. It and is. and all the rappers used to wear the Timberlands. I'd be like, I know why y'all mad. Y'all should try a nice, try an orange and some comfortable <laughs> shoes. So get a smoothie. You'd be so much happier. Yeah, right. I used well, to. That's why I always loved. You remember Jodeci? You remember of course, Jodeci? I remember Jodeci because they had their fashion sense was confused because they had like winter attire on their feet, <laughs> but then his shirt was open. Like he was at the beach with his shirt open and like a silk shirt, but he had like winter boots on. Yep. The, you know what that is? That's like I'm gonna be ready for whatever season jumps off. Whatever. Like, that's what, a good like, way to walk around San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was going to say, you're a parent now, you know, and you got a very young child. Do you worry about what the world is going to be like for her? Or are you just kind of like, you know, preparing? What do you know, as someone who's got someone that you're responsible for that bears your DNA, how are you even trying to approach the world right now? The world is real. I mean, the news just seems biblical every day. We live through a pandemic. Um, the economy doesn't look good. Yeah, it's a little scary. When you have a kid, you, uh, first of all, it's good as a comic to have a kid because you stop thinking about yourself, which is a relief. I mean, we're such narcissists. All we do is sit around, think about jokes and ourselves and what we want. So that's nice. So now that I'm actually thinking about more of what she wants, yeah, I do worry about it. I do. It used to be a big joke to me. I'm like, ah, oh, the world's coming to an ever Everything's going to shit and I can make jokes about it. Now I like I want to see, I want to be more optimistic. I want things to work out. I want the world to continue. So you definitely, it's, you know, it's kind of a challenge. You kind of lose your edge a little bit as a comic too, mm. because deep down, I, I want to be more optimistic. And I think pessimism is funnier, but yeah. Um, I know Pat yeah, Oswald said that. He said, nothing's worse than a comedian in love. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, when your life's going good, that's when you come up with the least jokes. 
So Although, like, I, I will trade that. I'll try it. Any any lady listening, I'll sacrifice my act. I'll write about something else. I'll start. I mean, Bill Cosby's not doing anything with those Jello jokes. I'll work on something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got to hit some dating websites, man. Or at least, you know, what you got to do. You got to talk. You're very funny, so you got to talk to women at shows. That's the thing. That's where I mean, you know. But I have done that, and it has. I've had two very good uh, dalliances as a result of that. But here's what I've come to learn: is that 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 I think it's more the whole when you're on stage and you're the center of attention you can capture the imagination but at least in my experience once that once that wears off and it's like he eating cereal he's just a regular dude eating a bowl of smart start he didn't even need right. nothing fun he, i mean right. he can at least have some frosted flakes that's what i'm like uh you know I'm, I'm trying to balance my cholesterol like i feel like once that allure wears <laughs> off they're like hmm that's but, why you gotta keep you gotta keep keep doing the jokes all day don't stop yeah don't stop till you get sick of her and then <laughs> yeah, you gotta keep it going. Keep the act going. Can't I'm, stop. Man, I'm gonna have to always be on. I don't know how Kevin Hart does it, but <laughs> hey, I love. By the way, Kevin, I like Kevin, but can you let another black comic at least have one commercial? You ain't got to do all of them. He's so rich. Yeah, <laughs> he's so rich. He's almost too short for all that money. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know what that means? He could swim around in it, Scrooge McDuck style. Which, oh, yeah. which I'm not going to lie, you know, because we just had the Powerball with like the almost $700 million. Like, I've I've talked about it before. I know God won't let me get rich because how do you not become a jackass with that much money? I would just it's walk into the Cheesecake Factory and just buy all the slices. Like, you want a slice? You got to come see me. I got all it's, of them. It's impossible. It's, it's absolutely impossible to not become mean. Yeah, when you get money. You can't, I mean, like when people say, oh, Mariah Carey's a diva. I'm like, of course she's a diva. She's Mariah <laughs> Carey. What do you want her to be nice and you want to see her at soup kitchens? I mean, that that's what happens when you when you get rich and famous and you got people tending to your every need. You know. So are you Everyone. saying that like once that next check clears, we should not expect oh. to see you on the street? <laughs> when that check clears, I'm not talking to anybody. If I get that next check, you think I'm you think I'm gonna do this podcast? <laughs> if I could get this check, I would stop in the middle of this sentence. But yeah, I'm, I might even forget your name if I get that next chance. I might, I might call you Donnell Rollins by accident. Hey, you know what? I will take Ashy Larry's money minus the ash. Uh, right. But you know, I'm not just. That's the thing. Now you can't just be a comedian. You got to be doing pot. Like, you, I mean, because you got several very, you know, you have very funny characters and sketches. For those that are unfamiliar, you can check out several of Giannis's sketches on his website and on YouTube and other sites. Uh, but I mean, you can't just be a comic. It's like. You know, I remember I interviewed a comedian whose name I won't say when I was working at a newspaper and they were like, I'm just trying to be a stand-up comic. And I was like, wait a second, that's it? Like no TV shows, no movies, no theaters. And I was like, but you know, that's like a nice simple way of a pro. Like I want to tell jokes. This is what I want to do. Now for anybody listening, I will be a whore for the money. I will do whatever. Put me in a show, put me in a movie. I will do almost almost anything i can't do any more slave epics i just i'm tired of going to movies i can't watch any more slavery movies because it's like you know you watch a slavery movie and then you go out into like a mall and you go like you you walk past like a cinnabon and people are like how are you how am i how you think i am like oh snap like i'm sorry um i just want the mini rolls i'm trying to be healthy like i can't do it like you know you are a greek american does 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 my big fat Greek wedding? Do you get tired of people making references to that? Because have you had that experience? Because I know I can't take any more twelve years of slave talk. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. You get you get yeah. 
my big fat Greek wedding. Yeah, all the time. It's it's uh, Yanni, the singer. Mm. Yeah, there, and there's not a lot of Greeks in the country. So, um, <laughs> you know, yeah, there's a lot of Greek stereotypes that just keep coming up. And yeah, Big Fat Greek Wedding was one that you know, it was such a hit that it kind of, I, I couldn't really meet someone without bringing it up for a long time. Was yeah. it was it was it like Black Panther at first and then it went south? Like. <laughs> It was just the yeah. It was like it, that's like our movie. We have like one movie. It's my right. big record running. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, and you then know? you got like a couple of sequels, and then they brought Abba into it, who's Swedish. I'm like, wait a minute, that don't work. Yeah, she tried to milk it. You know, Nia's very nice. I get it. I mean, they offered the sitcom and stuff, but you kind of just felt like ah, it's not gonna work out. You know what I mean? It's yeah. one of those things that um, trying to milk it too much. She should have right. tried something. That, you know, she like maybe something different she should have taken that and went in another direction where she's the greek girl on something else well all i know is is that there's that new capital one or, or that no it's that caesar's playbook commercial and i saw jb smooth playing caesar and i'm like um i don't i don't think so uh yeah i mean i feel like your agent dropped the ball on that one man that was right up your alley <laughs> i mean yeah i mean close enough greek roman close enough yeah yeah, but you know, it's funny is those gambling companies are taking over everything. I mean, I have a podcast now with BetMGM Unleashed and it's like those gambling companies got money now because everyone is gambling and they're doing content now. Hollywood is dead. I mean, you know, it's like. Except for Marvel. Marvel yeah. and Pixar. Disney will own everything sooner or later. Yes. Besides that, besides like the big, big budget stuff, like everything in between. There's no middle class in show business anymore. That's actually... Mm that's yeah i never thought about that but that's the truth it's like it's just it's it's become sort of like society there's like really big budget and then there's like poor artists and then there's like no middle class mm. so it's very interesting yeah let's see well, you know what folks for those of you interested in finding out more of these hot takes Giannis, promote yourself where can people find you where can people follow you where can they support you let people know how to find you online and things of that nature yeah, man. Just uh, listen to my podcast, Long Days with Giannis Pappas. And you can follow me online, Giannis Pappas. You can search it, Google it, Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. Understood. And, you know, cool. I, I always like to end with like just super random questions uh, because, you know, have a good conversation. It's like, hey, let's throw him a curveball, see how this goes. So are you ready for some super duper random questions? I'm, I'm born ready. All right. What has been the best or most memorable mispronunciation of either your first name or your last <laughs> name, if not both? Because I know mine. Yeah. Uh, well, you got uh, Uranus, Uranus, and then Poopus, uh, Pap Ass. Um, what I used to do uh, black shows, uh, you know, more. I used to, I did a lot of black shows when I was starting out. Uh, I, I, you'd, you'd hear everything. I'd hear yam. I give it up for yam. Give it up for yams. One time I got brought out as yams. Was that down uh, south? I hope at least. Uh, no, it wasn't even down <laughs> south. Uh, give it up for yawny. I mean, I've gotten it all. So, but Uranus is definitely the one. Uranus poopus. <laughs> did, did you even bother correcting somebody after they said it? No, man. When you got a foreign name, you just, I'd roll with it. If, if it's close enough, I'll respond to it. You call me anything. If I hear a Y in there, I'll respond to it. 
I got you. You've done, you know, you, you do a lot of different characters and different sketches and things of that nature. Who is someone that you've tried to do as a character, but you just can't nail right? Um, I struggle. I struggle with the Australian accent. Mm. Like, you know, just, just, I'm not thinking about characters, but just accents. Like, I can't get that, like, good eye, where, like, I, I can't, I can't get that one. You know, you can't, you can't maintain it. It's too much stress on the jawline. Yeah, I mean, the, the Scottish, the Irish, you, I can do the British, you can get, but that good eye, I don't even know what they're doing. Like, that, it's like, a, I can't even, I can't get it. I just cannot get an Australian accent. Mm. You know, some come here, come here, mate. <laughs> Hey, you could at least you could maybe get like some outback work, but there's no chains in New York City. So, you know, so I don't know. There you go. I don't even have to worry about it. Yeah. There you go. Put some uh, shrimp on a Bobby. I can't even do it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you got a chance to uh, come up with it, if you got, you know, and someone sees you at a show and it's like, we want to build a sitcom around you, but you had to come up with the pitch that night. What is going to be the, the, the Giannis Papa sitcom going to be about? I think it would be something like, uh, you know, maybe like my you know stereotypical since it's tv it would be like maybe my father my greek father owned a diner like a restaurant and then like out in the country or something uh or in the city and then i had to take it over but i was doing something else and i got laid off so i get thrown into that world of trying to be like a restaurant owner as someone who doesn't know how to do a restaurant and maybe i'm a fish out of water somewhere like I'm a liberal in a, in a conservative area or a city person in a country area, something like that. You know? See, now, see that last part. Now Some you can get stupid a- shit that TV would make. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. I was like, I was like, I don't know if we have a network for you. I was like, ooh, he can follow the neighborhood on CBS. Yeah, uh, there you go. You know, uh, you're a big uh, sports fan. Uh, the Yankees uh, just finished as we were recording this uh, last night. Their season ended. Uh, with the with the Sox uh, defeating them in the wild card, and I have a thing where I never really root for the Yankees or the Sox because most of their fans, present company excluded, tend to have that we're entitled and everyone should bow down to us mentality. So that being said, I'm sorry about your loss. How did it hit you? You all right? You, you worried about next year? How you feeling? No, it, it hurts. It always hurts. I hate that it hurts so much. It hurts. Um, there's no other way to describe it except it feels, it's like a, it's a pit in my stomach. I'm a diehard Yankee fan. Um, it was rough to watch, especially to the Sox. And uh, watching them celebrate just hurts. And, and when, when you, when it's the Red Sox too, you just, and your team loses, you just watch the celebration afterwards. You just sit there and take it in. And um I'm not one of those guys who turns it off angry. I get more, I don't get angry. I get sad. Mm. I get sad. Like I'm a fan that just gets sad. So it hurts today. It take to be honest with you, I take them really hard. You know, uh, Paul Verzi who's a good friend of mine. He's yes. a comic yep. and he's a diehard Yankee fan. He always cracks up at, the, at that because I get hurt. Like I get like sad about it. Like I'm upset. It ruins, it, ta- it takes me a while to get over it. It's like a, like a girlfriend I was in love with. And it really sucked. It really sucked. It, it sucks when they lose any time, but losing the Red Sox in a one-game wild card, it was, it was rough to watch. And uh, wa- watching the third-base coach um, wave, wave Judge in, when he, obviously that was such a mistake that where they would have had second and third, that could have changed everything. Watching a mistake like that 
it's almost like New York sports have become that right now. The Giants making that special team, having a penalty on special teams. It's like these little, I'm a giant Yankee fan. So it's like, you know, it's funny that we're really paying right now. It has not been fun to be a New York fan for a while. That goes for the Knicks, the Yankees, and the Giants. We've been doing a lot of losing lately. Yes, because you had decades upon decades of winning, which is why no one feels bad for y'all outside I the know, city. I know, I know. I mean, and I like Eli Manning because, you know, I feel like he never got, like, no one ever tried to give him the same respect as Peyton. And you guys beat the greatest player in the league, not once, but twice. Like, if the Giants lose from now till 2050 to the point where Morgan Freeman can no longer narrate, I still won't feel bad for y'all because I'm a Cubs fan, a Bengals fan, obviously a Reds fan, and my favorite NBA team is the Atlanta Hawks. And save for Trey Young, they haven't been interesting since my man Dominique Wilkins in a high-top fade that was the best one outside the kid and play was playing. So I want (laughs) to feel bad for you, but I just can't in my bones. But I digress. I'll tell you this right now. Me and you share something in common. The Hawks, I was always a Knicks fan, right? Mm-hmm. Back in the day, we're around the same age. So it's like, I remember that squad. The Hawks were my second favorite team because Dominique was my favorite player. Yep. That I remember they had, it was like, what was it? It was Reggie Theus. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had Willis. Kevin Willis. Yep. Kevin Willis. They had Concac. Don Concac. Uh, and they had Doc. Right. Yep. Doc Rivers back yeah. in the short shorts era where men yeah. were men and many of their man parts would be in your TV. Thank goodness we did not have high death in the 80s. Yeah. I mean, you know what? They had a, they had kind of a squad and they were, you know, they weren't bad. Let's say right. that they were a playoff team. They weren't bad. Yep. They could make the playoffs, you know, but as they- a long suffering fan of many teams that don't win, I keep saying it. After a certain point, making the playoffs and losing is like being a nerd in high school and having the prettiest girl come up to you and hug you. It's not exactly <laughs> the outcome that you're looking for. Uh, right. You know, and I can keep going on and on. Uh, I was going to ask you another sports question, but I'll save that for another time. Last question. You're a married man. Happily, you have a child. You have to leave home a lot. What is the key? to keeping a relationship together when one of the two spouses has to always be gone and away from the other for significant periods of time. It's definitely all who you pick to Mm. be that spouse. There's no question about that. Um, I recommend not marrying somebody who's a comedian. If you're a comedian, I mean, it happens, but you know, it's uh, two narcissists who want attention. That's bad. And also two people who have got to figure out each other's road schedules so they can watch their child. That's bad. Um, you have to marry somebody who's independent, okay being alone. And uh, that, you know, that, that makes the difference. That's all her. My wife is okay with everything and she gets it. And she's okay when I go away. She's okay being alone. She's not clingy. She's not insecure. So I'm, I'm lucky in that regard. And, and, and that is what I would recommend. Well, there you I'm sorry, go. I cut out for a second. Yeah. Oh, it's all right. And I was going to say, you heard it here, folks. As a comedian, don't marry a comedian. Shout out to Rich Voss, Bonnie McFarlane, Tom Segura, <laughs> Christina Pajiski. Y'all making it work. Hang in there and fight the good fight. And anybody yeah. else, uh, if you're a female comic and you ever thought I was funny or sexy, I'll stop because I'm tired of being single. You can have the career. I'll ghostwrite the jokes. We can do a Jim and Jeannie Gaffigan. I'll do what I need to do. I'm right, willing to sacrifice 
for you. And on that note, for my guest, Mr. Giannis Pappas, I am your host, Tabari McCoy, thanking you for listening to this episode of A Tight 45 plus like 10 minutes because we ran the light. See you, everybody. And that is a wrap on this episode of A Tight 45. I want to thank my guest, Mr. Giannis Pappas, for being on this week's show. And of course, please make sure you follow him on the various social media channels. And if you enjoy the show, please spread the word with a friend. Uh, I am re-recording this outro. And the reason that this outro is being re-recorded is that I had one that was perfectly fine that you would have heard. But today, on Monday, October 11th, I just found out that a young man uh, from Michigan, um, who I'm friends with, and I don't want to use the past tense yet, uh, apparently passed away, which of course may be from COVID-19 um, out in California. Uh, Ricardo Flanagan is his name. Um, he has a couple of hip-hop albums out under his MC alias Father Flanagan. Um, if you could check those out, that would be great if you're into hip hop, um, traditional style MC, not this little whatever bullshit that we hear nowadays. I really try not to curse on here, not just because I have a day job, but because, you know, I'm a Christian and I suck at it. And I also know there's a lot of people that just curse us unnecessarily. Although, if you see me in a club, you know that I need y'all to pray for me because my mouth has been foul. But I really, the first, all I could do was curse when I read this today. It was not what I wanted to see, to say the least. Um, yeah, this absolutely sucks, man. My friend is gone. I wanted to have him on the podcast. And, you know, people get busy. You're like, oh, yeah, I'll do it whenever, whenever. And I just never got around to doing it. And now... I regret it. I didn't go see Dick Gregory before he passed away, and I didn't get my friend Ricarlo on before he passed away. Um, if you'd like, you can, you know, check out some of Ricarlo. He was on Insecure. He was on there. Um, he got to play a delivery guy on a show called Room 104. He even got to be on the episode of the reboot of Mad About You. Um, he was a funny dude, talented uh, MC. Got to be on a couple episodes of Shameless, even the Carmichael show. Remember Gerard Carmichael, yo? Um, and uh, he was on this, the neighborhood playing a security guard because he was a big dude, but he was a gentle giant. But he didn't mess around, but he was a funny dude. He was a good dude, as far as I knew. I don't want anybody throwing shade on him. So if you know something dirty about Ricarla, I don't need to hear it, nor do I want to hear it. I already lost. Uh, well, let me rephrase that. Uh, I ended a Facebook friendship with a young lady tonight. If you're my Facebook friend, yeah, you saw what happened. Um, I don't have time for y'all unvaccinated people. I don't. Um, I'm through with that. Um, too many people are losing people. Um, and as I said on my Facebook recently, and I know this is making this episode really long and it's a bit of a downer ending, but bear with me. Um, getting older means looking forward to things that you haven't done yet, but you're finally able to get ready to be able to do, whether it be because of your age or your finances or just your maturity level. Getting old, however, is reflecting on the things that you can no longer do, or at least with the people you can no longer do them with for a variety of reasons, such as, as unfortunately the case with my friend Ricarlo, 
they're no longer here. So by the time you hear this, most likely I will be on an airplane praying that it lands safely. Salt Lake City, then Salt Lake City to Seattle doing shows. I'm going to be in Tacoma. I'm going to be in Seattle. Uh, I'm going to be in Richland, Washington, then back in Seattle. If you happen to hear this episode and you're in the Seattle area, feel free to tell me. Um, who knows? Maybe I'll give you a free album if I can fit it in my luggage. Um, I'm looking forward to coming back to y'all. Um, and one day uh, when I'm an old, old man, hopefully, I'm looking forward to seeing you again, Ricarlo. And for anybody that's lost somebody, I hope that you get to see them again. Um, not soon. <laughs> but I hope that you get to see them again one day. So on behalf of Giannis Pappas, on behalf of my friend, Ricarlo Flanagan, I am Tabari McCoy thanking you for listening to this episode of Tight 45. Be good to each other, everybody. Mm-hmm.